Welcome to Be The Church Podcast with your hosts, Chad and Melissa McBean, where we discuss a variety of topics relative to the active Christian life as we work to submit our lives to become more like Jesus each day. Today we share one of our bonus series episodes from our show, Latent Treasures. These shows are filled with incredible guests to inspire you and encourage you throughout the week. Inspired by a quote from C.S. Lewis, this show seeks to highlight people who live their faith out in ways that are somewhat discreet. But make no mistake, the impact that they are making in the lives of those they touch is anything but latent or discreet. Our hope is that this series will engage you, intrigue you, challenge you, grow you, and gives you a chance to interact with us in your own journey of life in a way that may ultimately help draw you nearer to the God who created you. If you enjoyed this show, please like it, share it, and even subscribe to it so you can be alerted to future episodes when they're released. Today we wrap up our interview with Kim Bigler of James Samaritan. If you missed the first two parts of our conversation, please go back and check them out. She is such a force for good in the foster care world, you'll be blessed to even simply hear her heart. She's a perfect example of what this latent treasure series is all about. If you haven't needed them before, be sure you grab some tissues for this conclusion. You're about to hear a story that includes an Emmy nomination because of the work of the father, which was so profoundly impactful. I know it's hard to link that idea. How does a foster advocate end up being nominated for an Emmy? Well, you're soon going to find out. Sit back and enjoy, and then pause and digest some of the ideas shared here, and then let us know how this episode has impacted or inspired you. You've talked a lot about a lot of different ways that people can get involved. Are there any ways that you um, encourage people the most to obviously, you know, get in touch with BCFS, but getting, like you said, check with the organizations in your area. Are there any uh, prime calls to action that you feel are really effective for people who really want to step into uh, if they're feeling their heart moved in this arena? How would you encourage yes, them? Yes, uh, not start? only a local uh, local nonprofits, but also uh, check in with your child advocacy centers. Every place has one, even rural. They have some kind of child advocacy services, and they will know how to c- connect you. If you don't know where the group homes are, because you know we have had to to hide that information you don't know what to do and you just need a bridge like i needed a bridge i needed to know what the need was it's very hard to know what the need was when you're dealing with an invisible population that knows what the need is <laughs> so you have to identify someone it, it may be a friend of yours who's a social worker ask what she needs start there i always tell people anyone can do a diaper drive Okay. And nobody who works with kids is going to say no to diapers that you have to deliver. Okay. Nobody, nobody, nobody. So I tell people, what is the easiest way if you want to start something in your community? Cause you've actually done your assignment, looked, and there's nothing going on where you live. You're the one that needs to hold a diaper drive. <laughs> and you're the one that needs God's boldness and courage like I did and walk up to somebody who is working in that arena and say, I've got 50 diapers. Where do you want them? And that will establish the relationship. 
They will love, they don't want you telling them how to fix the foster care system. Don't be doing that. Uh, I went in there washing feet and washing feet is what we need to do to actually be a great partner with the government. And especially in child welfare where we have given them the mandate um, and we need to earn it back. So we earn it back by doing diaper drives, Chad. We earn it back by uh, knowing who a foster family is in the neighborhood through your church and serving them, giving them a meal. Uh, when they get new children in, make sure they have a week's worth of frozen meals, you know, in their refrigerator, because I'm telling you what, it is very hard work to be a new parent. It's scary for the child and it's actually scary for the parent. And so if you all can just provide freezer meals or bikes for teens that get placed in new homes, just any comfort items, or even just a, like, like Chad said, a ride somewhere, if they don't have great transportation, just help out one family. If you can't be a family, help out one family. If you can't help out one family, buy some diapers to give to a family. Um, and then anybody can, anybody can do those things. They're very, very small things you can do. And if nothing else, if there's a big brother, big sister program in the area, I'm telling you right now, you are on the field of foster care and you're on the field that's related. It's a, it's a big brother, big sister, you know, that big brother and big sister programs, that right there is huge. And it makes a huge deposit in your community and an investment in the life of a child. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Um, I know your organization that you started in California was James Storehouse. You've since transitioned to James Samaritan. They have a little bit different models. Um, yes. Go into that a little bit and um, what caused that? So James Storehouse started with a uh, mandate that I saw in scripture. And uh, the book of James uh, chapter one, verse 27 says, true religion that pleases the father is to take care of orphans and widows in their distress. <laughs> I have to highlight that part in their distress um, and not be stained by the world. And then I literally saw like a storehouse full of things that maybe that gets missed in caring for the orphan and widow. What are the gaps of care? And I just imagined the storehouse full of the things that could help, actually help uh, orphans and practically help like a heater, orphans and widows in their distress. So that's where James Storehouse came. And jamesstorehouse.org is still uh, happening out in California. Please visit them because they are walking the talk and then some out there uh, and they have the same kind of partnerships we have so I'm in Louisiana and we changed our name to James Samaritan because I just had this vision and this 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 feeling overtake me that a lot of people were just dropping off their stuff, just bunch of stuff, bunch of stuff. And a lot of stuff we couldn't even use. It's people, it was people's trash. We can do better than that church. And it just started feeling like now they, we were just a dumping ground for them cleaning out their closets. And so the Lord is like, uh, I just really felt his heart. Like this is not what's going to change anything. It's going to be more of them engaging the way that the good Samaritan engaged the man who was bloodied and left for dead on the side of the road in the good Samaritan story. 
And he said, I don't need more people who will look at their need, their serious needs and, and, and ignore them and walk past them. I need people that will look at the needs of the orphans and widows and their distress and see it and respond to them. So that's how we became James Samaritan was my, my new mandate that I was not mobilizing resources anymore. I was mobilizing bodies, people that will stop and respond themselves because we don't want to be another government agency that the church then looks to us to take, see that we take care of it. Now the church needs to take care of it. And the church is every single one of us. We all need to be a James Samaritan. So, and we all have a place on the field of being a James Samaritan. So that's kind of how we became James Samaritan. And uh, in our organization, if you want to help us, if you want more information about what we do to duplicate it where you live, if you want to reach me, you can go to www.jamessamaritan.org. Awesome. No, I, I definitely think that's a great observation too. Like you said, um, the James Storehouse model is still very effective, um, but it was not being as effective in Louisiana and yes. just responding to that. And, you know, just like your experience of being a resource and bridge and a voice as you were working for years in the foster care support capacity, and then to have God change your heart and call you at a different point in time to do something different and step into fostering. I think that's, I think that's a message that can't get overlooked because this is a dynamic walk, right? This is yes. very real. This isn't like you're in a box. We are not in no. boxes, right? The no. world we live in is not fixed. Everything we do needs to be dynamic and adjust uh, as, as, uh, as we're led, as we see fit, as our brains and, you know, um, talents, you know, make us aware of, of how to, how to move. Um, man. So I, I just, first of all, absolutely thank you for taking time. Uh, we're not quite done yet, but um, you've been such an amazing and inspiring person um, that I've just been blessed to know in this foster care arena. And um, it's just so, I can't not get emotional in general in the arena, but talking to you and your passion and how you live it out and seeing you know your family around you live it out with you to be supportive of it. Your husband's a great uh, carpenter. I'm glad to hear that business is going really well. If you want to highlight that for people in your area too, and or wherever he serves, um, you know, he's a phenomenally talented carpenter. I'd love to give him a little bit of a shout out here too. Yes, it's Bigler, B-I-G-L-E-R, woodworks.com. Okay, and is he have a specialty, cabinetry, custom furniture? All custom woodwork. He can do it all. Furniture, installs, doors, all, anything that needs custom woodworking, he can do it. Fantastic. Very cool. Yeah, I've seen a lot of his work. It's it's impressive. Um, sorry, I just thought I would do a shameless plug because he, he is a very talented person. And obviously, his work is allowing you to do your work, which is fantastic. Yes. Um, but like you said before, like there's... Um, so many different ways to get involved. This doesn't have to be something that's full-time commitment. Uh, people can get involved with what resources they do have available to, to help with. Um, I have some follow-up questions. Did we get all your social media information out there too? If people want to get in touch with you. I think so. We have a Facebook page, James Samaritan as well. 
Um, we have our website and we do, you know, capitalism is a good thing. Like we've, we're starting also a social enterprise because with the whole COVID thing, it was showing us that we needed to really have a self-sustaining financial arm to what we do because we cannot afford to have dips and donor services because our needs, the things that we get, the requests that we get, they're emergency needs. They're make it a break it placements of child and their well and improving their well being. So I didn't want it all left up to Kim going out there and song and dancing for grants. I mean, God love everyone who's given me a grant and I'm appreciate I appreciative of those grants who we've been awarded, but I cannot rely on doing that song and dance. You know, I'm not called to be a professional fundraiser. I'm called to serve children. And so, um, we came up with, if, if everybody wants love stuff that they can buy, where all the proceeds is going to, um, James Samaritan, it's called James and arrow. And it would be James and arrow all small uh, dot com. And it's a children's t-shirt. Uh, it's a children's t-shirt uh, company with all positive, lighthearted designs and sayings on it that make this world bright and positive. Cause I think we need positivity in the world and just cheerfulness and joy. And so these t-shirts for these boys and girls and and our kids need them as well who come into the foster care system can't tell you many times a cheerful t-shirt cheered them up and so even if you wanted to buy them and donate them to these t-shirts to us go on uh james and arrow uh dot com and again we launch monday so you all will be our first customers oh very very cool <laughs> very and is that james n like the letter n or a n or a n d a n d okay, james yep. and arrow Awesome. Yep. Very nice. This episode is sponsored by Royal CFO Services. Would you prefer to have the peace of mind that accounting experts and financial analysts are managing and maintaining your business's financials? Would you prefer to give the hours you spend on accounting back to your family and friends while resting confidently that your business finances are in excellent care? Royal CFO Services can allow you to do just that by outsourcing your accounting and finance needs you can improve your work-life balance, discover when to make your next big move to grow your business, and more. Royal specializes in businesses in the construction and real estate industry, agricultural industry, and the nonprofit sector. Visit them today at royalcfoservices.com to book a free consultation. I have some typical follow-up questions I'd love to throw your way. Yes. So one of them is, what would have to happen in the next five to 10 years uh, throughout any of your areas of your life for you to look back and say that was about as successful as I could have ever dreamed the last five to 10 years of my life have gone, what would need to take place? I'm not there yet. That's fair. <laughs> I don't feel like I've done anything. Um, I don't feel like I have, I've experienced those five or 10 years yet. If that makes sense. It does. It does. If, Nobody gets an opportunity to ever hear your wisdom and your passion again. Whether they're, you know, they don't get to hear your interviewed again, they never get to meet you in person. And you have to leave them one nugget of wisdom that they can live their life better having heard and, and absorbed. What is your nugget for everyone? Please make your faith active. 
whatever that is. Because I have experienced more of who God is even. And, and taking small acts of kindness and making small acts of faith. Taking my faith and, and uh, just, just step when I didn't even see the plan. It's almost good if you don't have one. And you just step and keep stepping because faith without works is dead. It really truly is. But I'm more concerned with someone's relationship to Christ when they don't take acts of steps of faith. Because I actually honestly believe it brings you closer to knowing his heart, to feeling his heart for you. This is not just about kids. I'm telling you, I have grown closer to Christ. I feel like I know him deeply more now than I ever did before, spending hours and hours in my bedroom praying. That has not even compared to how I've gotten to know him and how I have felt his love taking these acts of faith and steps of faith. So if I could leave anything with anyone, it would be no matter where you are in life, no matter what's presented before you, act, act, whatever that means, he will, he'll tell you, he'll say, get a heater. <laughs> he'll say, walk a dog. That walk dog may lead you to a person down the street that changed your whole life. You don't know. Just do it. So our faith has got to become active at some point and not just active for ourselves. Active in a way you got to get out the boat and you don't know if you're going to walk or sink without seeing Jesus's face. And that has been the biggest, biggest thing that has drawn me closer to my Lord and to the truth in those words that I read and to the people who need him the most is by these small acts. There were not big acts. That's why I don't have five or 10 years to tell you what was most successful because it's all been super small steps, but super small steps with a really big God doing really big things. And you just feel like you get a front seat to knowing him better. That's what I would say. If nobody remembered a darn word this crazy girl said today, please take an act of faith with whatever God presents you right in front of you. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It makes everything so much more tangible and real. Um, yes. And like you said, you learn things that you could never learn otherwise. Never learn. Yeah. That's beautiful. Complete tangent, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do it. I know there was a show that highlighted your work that I'd never heard the end of. Did they came in and did like a um, the work in your backyard? Yeah. Well, you're the one I think. I know. I heard the beginning of it. I got I was involved in the beginning of it, but I never heard where it went. Really? Yeah. I thought you were there. No, I wasn't there. <laughs> I know I nominated you. I know, you know, um, and then I was at one of the like early meetings, but that was it. Oh my goodness. Well, so paint the, paint the pack throughout was, too. Sorry. It was a show. I got a call. Someone said, someone's nominated you for doing something good in the community. This is a show owned by Oprah, the own network, Oprah Winfrey network. It's called, um, Oh, Oh my gosh, what is it's been a while. Um, I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. 
homemade perfect or something like that. I'm not sure. I think it was homemade perfect. And they came in with the crew and they were like, look, you're supposed to have the storehouse, but you're operating out of the back of your car. We would like to turn something into a storehouse. Do you have land? And I said, nope, I got a backyard. And so they came to my house and they, it was beautiful. They did build a storehouse, small storehouse in my backyard. And they redid my whole backyard. And you know, those own, you know, the Oprah transformation shows of, I mean, it was stellar. And um, it was a great experience. They all, I still talk to some of the producers today. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, because I got their hearts on the foster care. See how that happens? Heck yeah. But the biggest thing, Chad, that happened was not the filled storehouse full of stuff. And that was great. But typical Oprah style, um, he, they said, we also have one last you know, surprise for you. And somehow they got in touch with some of the kids we have helped. And they came through the gates. And I didn't even meet some of them. And they go, you, we know a God exists. See, I wasn't allowed to say God the whole entire show because they go, no, we got to rewrite that. No, you got to say it like this. No. And I got frustrated to the point where I'm like, well, I'm not doing this if I can't say God, but God said, look, you need to pipe down. I, I got, I don't need you to defend me right now. Right. So just, you just take the blessing. Okay. I got this when those kids came through and they were allowed to talk, each of them said, I, one of them even said, I heard heaven was supposed to happen on earth, but I never saw it in my life until you came with a bed and bedding. And I had never slept in a bed before. And now I know that heaven happens on earth. They actually said those words. And do you think those producers shut them up? No. You think anybody stopped that role and said, told them to say it a different way? No. The next guy, and I was like, he said, I knew God, I felt invisible. I didn't think God cared, but you, uh, you gave me a graduation outfit. He goes, I live out in Watts and we were having graduation day and I wasn't going to go cause I didn't have, I just, I have a, you know, I have a tank t-shirt and dirty jeans and you gave me a suit, a new suit for my graduation. And I knew God saw me then. And then the last girl said, I didn't even, I didn't even know her. She said, yes, I felt like God walked me into my prom because I didn't have a prom dress and y'all gave me a prom dress. And I felt like he, he, those things mattered to him. And she said this on, on, she says, and if I realized that if God it mattered to God that I had a prom dress for my prom. It mattered that I would have a family. It mattered that I would have a friend. It mattered that I was not, you know, that I didn't get abused anymore. And she said this stuff. Yeah. And, and let me tell you what, everybody there in cast and crew was crying, was witness to, Tell me God does not use prom dresses to, to witness to who he is because everybody there, including the very producers that say don't say God, were crying 
and testified to a God. And guess what? They still connect with me today. And they're, they still somehow have served foster kids after that. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome, Chad? So oh, that's, yeah. what, that's yeah. what you did. That's, that's what awesome. you did. I didn't do anything. All I did was point out a person who was being true to her walk and being obedient to the call. That's all I did. And Chad, would you say that it all started with an act of faith? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just being active. Yes. Just be active. Active, active faith. Yeah. Yes. God God needs bodies to flow through, you know? Yes, yes. Well, he, so wants, that was... he wants bodies to flow through. He, he doesn't. And, and, and Chad, <laughs> it was such a moving show that some other lady was so moved they wrote in she wrote into the show started a james storehouse where she or something like it where she was at and then they invited me to a, another episode where they did her house in a storehouse behind her house and then they were voted they were up, were they were up for an emmy for this episode was up for they didn't get it other people were you know got in the contention for it but we were one of the episodes they were looking at for winning an emmy isn't that crazy that is awesome that is yeah. awesome very very cool to god be the glory for sure that is yeah. so cool yeah. wow i'm glad i got i'm glad i asked that it just literally hit me i'm like I, I need to ask that so completely out of sequence but that's okay that's a fantastic story and it's homemade simple not perfect homemade simple that was okay. the, that was the yeah now do you happen to have those resources like the, the episode or clips from it or you know what we did at one time and then they removed it because she was coming up with new shows i don't think it was renewed and we couldn't use it anymore but i don't know if there's a way we can dig through the internet and find that episode i don't know where it would be and you know that in that world of you would know that more than I, me. I, I could search, but I have no idea. That's, that's crazy. But it was weird. It was like, we could use it. And then all of a sudden we couldn't use it. Cause she didn't re up it. She didn't, gotcha. she, she dropped the show. Yeah. Not before we aired, but she dropped it later on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. What a beautiful story. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to make sure we, we talk about? No, I just really want to hit home. Please, everyone, be active, um, it, no matter what it is, whether it's becoming a mentor to a child. And you don't have to wait till they're in foster care. I mean, really, we actually love more prevention. So um, become a mentor, Boys and Girls Club. Become a, a court-appointed special advocate. These are people who are voices for kids in the courtroom. They need more child advocates in that regard. Uh, become a foster family. All you have to do is go see. It's so super easy. Go to the your website, your state's website, your, your child welfare office. They usually have orientations on the website. Those orientations are the, your first step to getting the information you need to be a foster family. And usually during that, uh, that orientation, you know if you're being called or not. So that's super huge to do that first step. It's an easy step. It's an hour long. An hour is not going to kill you. And uh, and just find out if it's something for you. Uh, I, I, I realize that God uses that orientation to really speak that this is a yes or this is not for you, but something else 
something else is. And then again, a diaper drive, if a church is listening and they're like, how can we best get involved or how can we start getting involved? Everyone thinks you have to start at this like high mountaintop collect diapers, have a diaper and wipe drive. And you can actually say diapers of all sizes to make it easy. And so that's a super simple, practical, easy, but a very useful way for you to start getting involved. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. I miss Thanks you. It's been forever, but we'll get together again soon. I miss you too, Chad. I hope this was good. Edit me down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. This is real life. We're just, <laughs> this is about highlighting real life and how, how we do, how we do things led by the spirit, you know? That's, so. that's all that I've ever been able to do. So, and that's pretty darn good. Yeah. Absolutely. He'll, he'll do the rest. He'll do the rest. You just have to step. You have to take that initial step. Tell me that wasn't a fantastic episode. Kim is so engaging. It's almost sad to know that this three-part episode has come to a close, although I'm sure she'd be happy to come back in the future and update us more on some of the amazing work God is doing through James Samaritan and James and Arrow. We encourage you to reach out to us here at Be The Church or directly to Kim as she's made welcome to you. If you have any questions or desire to get involved in being actively supportive to the foster community in your own area, let us know. Our hope is that this show isn't just a podcast that you enjoy listening to, but one that moves you to engage in your own active faith opportunities first and engage with us if you feel so moved. That way we might know how this show is working in your life and help further encourage you along that path. Links to reach Kim and James Samaritan can be found in our show notes for this episode on bethechurch.org. We look forward to meeting up with you all again next week for another show. Until then, peace to you and we continue to pray. Maranatha Father. <laughs>